I'm going to share a message this evening that I've, I've entitled God's Signature. And, um, you know, we'll get down to this in a second, but we have been sharing on uh, a message for the last while, really, called Suffering in the Glory. And um, I'm getting down to the glory tonight. Thank God, we've been suffering long enough. Amen. But um, we've been talking about we talked about suffering for a while, and just put, just to understand suffering, because so many people have different views on it. And yet, suffering is part of the Christian walk. But suffering doesn't come from God. And this is where people mess it up many times. And you know, people start talking about you know I'm I'm suffering, and God's brought this into my life to put character in my life. No, you may get character in your life by applying the Word of God. Um, in, in trials, but don't blame God for bringing the trials. Amen. God doesn't bring the trials. Um, we serve a good God, and every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father above. And you know, the Bible says that Jesus made it plain. He said, He said, um, uh, um, this, The thief comes not but for to kill, steal, and to destroy. But He said, But I am come that you might have life and have it how? More abundantly. And so, what kills, steals, and destroys is not from God. And that's just the way we need to understand. I think that makes it simple. But the reality of it is we do face things in life because we live in a broken world. And the word tells us plainly that, you know, all who live godly in Christ Jesus not might suffer persecution but shall. And so it's part of life. It's just part of the Christian walk. But it doesn't come from God. And so we looked at that over the last while and just, just looked at several things with it. But tonight I want to get down and start looking at, um, at, at glory and that's this side of it. And glory is, is where, we're, where we are going to. Amen. The Bible says that we go from glory to glory. Amen. The path of the righteous shines brighter and brighter. And that's the way we need to be thinking. And that's the way we need to be talking. Amen. Um, but before we get into that this evening, let me just, let me just, um, let me just say, is any of these men like shopping? No? You like me? Hate shopping. Um, you know, I, I, do you know, do you know what, do you know what I like doing? I like going places where you can see stuff. That's what I like. I, yes, like in, the, in a, a few months' time, we're all, we're all going to England. And they want to go shopping, but we're there going to the Trafford Centre in, in Manchester. But no, I ain't, going, I, ain't going to, I ain't going to Starbucks. And I hope that's about all I see. I'll go to Starbucks and Costa and whatever all, all coffee shops they have there. And I'll maybe just take a wee walk around and have a look at Old Trafford or something. I'll be, I'll be happy enough. Um, I'm not a shopper. I, I, what, what excites me in life is going and seeing stuff, just looking at stuff. You know, it, it, several years, it was a good while ago, we went to Rome. And when we were in Rome, I mean, we, we walked length and breadth of that place. We never got a taxi once the whole time we were there. And we had Tyler in a wee buggy. And um, we walked in a lot of um, paths if you've been over there. You know, the buggy's going like this the whole way as you're going. But we we just walked. You know why? Because we, it's, 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 both of us love it when we're there. But I, I, I love just seeing stuff. Donald will walk for a while and then she wants to go to the shops. I could just walk about and not see. I could sit outside and not look at a shop. In actual fact, last Friday we went to Dublin. And we got on to, what do you call that street? Grafton Street, is it? We got on to Grafton Street. And um, when I go up there, I, I like just watching the street entertainers or the buskers or stuff like that there. I could just watch that. And Donna says to me, do you want to just stay here and um, I'll go and do the, look around the shops? 
as happy as Larry, you know, as long as I could stand and just watch stuff. And um, Donna had it sussed. Just, usually it is, you know, if we go somewhere, do you want a coffee? That's to appease me. And then <laughs> you get a coffee. And then last week it was because I like listening to street entertainment. I could sit and listen to somebody playing classical guitar or something on the street. I could listen to that all day. Um, but last week I sat and watched a guy juggling. And that's what I did while she was shopping. But I like going with her. But as long as they don't have to go into the shops too often, I'm happy. That's just me. But, but you know, when we went to Rome the other year, I, I loved it because I love architecture and stuff and old buildings and stuff. Like that. And I just walk around looking at stuff. And I could be as happy as I walking the whole day and not going into a shop as long as I just seen stuff. And that's just me. I loved it. But when we were there, we went to to the Vatican and in the Vatican it's you know the artwork in that place I, I love art so hasn't me element just going there and just looking at the art and just looking at all of the things looking at the, the, the ceiling there where Michelangelo painted and stuff like that but, but you no know, here's the thing about artists artists you can, te- you can tell an, an artist's picture because, not because their signature is down at the bottom, that's part of it. But you can tell, if you're into art, like I am, you can tell by the way they use brush strokes and by the way they mix colors and stuff. You can tell that's their picture. And it wouldn't matter whether it's a, a lesser piece of art or their best piece of art, it has their signature in it. Because they did it, and you can tell just by looking at the brush strokes. You know, one like Van Gogh, you know, you look at his pictures, you can tell them straight away because of how he used paint, how thick he put it on. I sound like real arty the night, don't I? Um, the tones, the texture, the light, the, you know, just the way it feels as you look at it and all of that rubbish that artists talk about when they look at a picture. But, you know, what I'm saying is they have, there's their signature on it. It's there. And what I want to look at tonight is I want to look at God's signature. And really, as we get into glory, that's what glory is. And when you get looking at glory, what you're really looking at is God's signature. And, you know, I want to live with God's signature on my life. Where people can see God's hand on my life and where people can see God's work in my life. And, um, and, that, and that's his signature. But um, I'm, going to, I'm going to get into this for a second. But here's a scripture we've been using for the last while as a, as a foundation scripture. And, and um, 1 Peter 9, or first 40, sorry, 1 Peter 1 verse 9, it says, Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls, of which salvation the prophets inquired and, and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. And it's just talking about here the Old Testament saints, they look forward to what we have today. Now, we never need to say, I wish it was back there. No, they were looking forward saying they wish they lived in our day. And we, we're living in the greatest day because we live in the grace of God. We live on the other side of the cross, thank God. Uh, but it says here in verse 11, Searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify. When he testified beforehand, look at this, of the suffering of Christ. Look at that, the suffering. And then, look at this, and the glory that should what? follow. I tell you, when you face opposition in this life, start to believe for the glory that follows. When you're in it, 
Right in it said, you know what, I'm positioned for glory. I'm positioned for God's hand is upon my life. I may be facing things, but I'm positioned for glory. When you face things, glory is always going to follow if you position yourself right in God. That's why whenever opposition comes or things come against us or whatever, that's not a time to get into strife and bitterness and unforgiveness and lose hope and lose heart. That's a time to press deeper into God. That's a time to position yourself underneath the mighty hand of God. Why? Because he's about to lift you up. Amen? Amen. And that's why, I, you know, I, I, the, glory, the suffering, and I love that the way it says, and the glory that should follow. You see, the Old Testament prophets had a hard time distinguishing the suffering of Christ and the glory of Christ. But they didn't know. We can look back and we can see the cross and then we can see Jesus on the other side of it. Amen. But they couldn't see that. They couldn't, they couldn't distinguish the two. But I want you to know that suffering and glory, they go hand in hand. And if it comes against you, suffering comes against you, right then start to believe God for breakthrough. Start to believe God for change. Amen. It's like the Bible says God will give you double for your shame. Amen. Amen. You know, shame is suffering. Double is glory. So when things come against you and you find yourself in a situation or um, whatever it is in life, stand there in the middle of it and start to declare that I'm underneath the mighty hand of God. God's life, uh, power is upon me. God's working on my behalf and there's glory coming my way. Amen. I tell you, there's greater days ahead for us. Amen. Amen. There really is. These kind of things excite me. Amen. They really excite me. I love it. See, when I read stuff like this, even, even this week, just studying this, just see just that the glory that should follow. Boys, oh, I start thinking there's glory coming. Amen. There's glory that follows. If you face anything, there's glory that follows. There's promotion that follows. Amen. And I'm going to look at that over the next couple of weeks. But again, here's these verses side by side saying the same thing. Um, this was on the road to a mess. And it says, Jesus said to them, this is, they didn't, you know, they were... They were, they were in sorrow, the disciples that were walking there, the two disciples. But, you know, Jesus came and joined himself alongside and he started to reveal himself out of the scriptures and their hearts started to burn within them. But they again, they, they had lost hope because Jesus had died, but they didn't realize that he was risen. And look what it says here. Then he said unto them, O fools, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Look at this. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and then to enter into his glory? And what I'm showing is suffering comes, but it doesn't come from God. God's not the one who brings suffering into our lives. But there's always glory that follows. And I tell you, if Satan comes against us, what he means for evil, God will take it and turn it around and cause our good to come out of it. It might not be good what comes, but God can turn it into good for us. And that's just the way we need to think as believers. We're weird. As Christians, we're weird. We don't sound like anybody else on this planet. We don't think like anybody else on this planet. We can face the worst problems and we can be talking victory. Because we're different. Amen? And we don't, we don't need to be afraid to be different. We, we just need to embrace that we are different. We're not weird. We're not strange. We're different. Amen? We're a chosen gener- generation, a royal priesthood. You know, we're called out from this world. And we're, we go into it, but we're, we're separate. We're different. Amen? And we speak different. When things come against you, there's glory that follows. Amen? Amen. Um, right. So the glory really, this is what glory is. Glory is God's signature. 
But I want, to show, I want to show this for a moment this evening and just talk about glory tonight before we get into looking at the other things and, and seeing what, what actually happens in our life when we're positioned right and the glory that comes. I just want to take this evening and talk about what glory is. The glory is the signature of God. Just like um, on Michelangelo's artwork, you can know it's his because the signature is in it. Not at the bottom written, but the way he, he, the way he just paints Every, every, every artist expresses themselves a certain way. I'll tell you, God's an artist, and he's creative. And you can see his signature on everything that he does. Here's another definition for glory. Um, glory means weightiness. It means fullness. Or another way of saying it is it's an attribute that exhibits, exhibits one's skill. An attribute that exhibits one's skill. And you can see any time, any, every, let me put this way, everything God makes has glory in it. Everything. No matter what he makes, it has glory in it. But, but it expresses his creativity. It ex- expresses his ability. Now, some things that he makes has more creativity in it than others. And that's where it's talking about their weightiness. Some things are more weighty in how it's been put together than others. But everything that God makes has creativity to it. Okay? Here's, here's another way of saying glory. You know, you have, many times when people talk about glory, they'll say glory is light. And, and yeah, it can, but, but what makes God's light different than, you know, the light that we put on here, God's light in himself, is that it's his light that's different from everything else. Um, you know, when the angels, um, you know, when, remember when they announced Jesus' birth? And you know, it says the glory of the Lord shone round about them. That's because they were in, that was God's light. It was different than any other type of light. And you can see that, you know what, when God shows up many times there's light, but it's a different type of light. It's not just a light that we would use every day. It's, it's different. It's set apart. It's God's glory. It's God's light. Um, but glory is not necessarily a light, what many times we think. God, glory is, is, is God's ability. Glory is God's creativity. When you see what God has done, there's glory in it. And everything that God makes has glory in it. Here, here's another way of looking at it here is just God's attributes. You know, Moses said um, to God, he said, show me your glory. I'm not going to read through all of this, but I'm sure we've, we've read this before. But in Exodus 33 and verse 18, Moses said to God, show me your glory. And what did God show? He didn't show a light. What he did was he said, Moses, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put you in a cleft of a rock and I'm going to pass by you and I'm going to show you my glory. And um, what, he, what he showed Moses was, he, I'll look to the next verse here. Look, it says here in Exodus 34, verse 5, it says, And the Lord descended in a cloud and stood um, with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God. Here's God's glory that passed by. Merciful. Gracious, long-suffering, look at this, abundant in goodness and truth. And really, when you talk about God, and just let me look at this for a moment. God's glory, what's God's glory? God 
God's glory is not a light. Here's what God's glory is. God's glory is what makes him God. God's glory is what sets him apart from everybody else. There's none like him. When you talk about God as omniscient and, you know, he, you know he's all-powerful and, you know, you talk about all of his attributes, his faithfulness, his love, his grace, his mercy, his justice, all of the things that God is, that's his glory because nobody can show love like he can. Nobody can show goodness like he can. Nobody can display grace like he can. He, you know, you may see someone, you say they're gracious, but I'm telling you, there's no Nobody as gracious as he is. And it sets him apart, and that is his glory. What God does, what nobody else can do, that's his glory. What God does like nobody else, that's his glory. Does that make sense? That's his glory. God's glory is what he does. It's what sets him apart. It's what makes him different. That's why we say he's the Lord God and there's none else. There's no one like him. There's none. We sung it tonight. There's no one compares to him. There's no one like him. There's no one who can stand in his shoes and say they are God because nobody can compete. You can travel infinity and beyond like Buzz Lightyear and you will never find anybody like God, never find anybody as good as God, never find anybody as gracious as God. And that's God's, that's God's glory. Amen? Now, everything that God made has glory in it. Amen? But again, here's another verse here. Look at this. The heavens declare what? The glory of God. Do you know when you look up, when you look up into the universe and you see the stars and you see everything that God has made, you have to come to the conclusion that there's a, there's a greater being that has made everything. There, do you know, there, in the last few weeks, there was one of the top scientists who came out and said, mathematically, there is a God. He studies maths. And he was an atheist. And now he's coming out and saying, there is a God. There is no doubt about it. There is a God. you know why? Because he studies the universe. He studies measurements. And it's so precise that he's, he just, came, finally, he's woke up and came to the conclusion of saying, you know, this universe is put together perfect. And it, mathematically, everything makes sense. There has to be a God. But you know, what does it say? It says the heavens declare the glory of the Lord. And you know, the glory of God is, is his creativity. The glory of God is his attributes. The glory of God is what he has made. When you look up, you see the glory of God. Just like you look at a painting and you can tell, oh, that's one of Michelangelo's pieces. Or that's Da Vinci's piece. You can, you can tell that's, um, you know, Van Gogh's piece. You can tell because of the way they use a brush. You don't have to see the signature. You just know that's one of theirs by looking at it because of the way they do it. Well, I'm telling you, when you look up into the universe, you can see there has to be a God because that's his brush mark. That's his signature. He made that there has to be a God. You know, the way, I love the way, you know, at times you'll see, you know, where eclipses coming on and everything, all of those planets just start lining up. It's just amazing. It's just amazing how you even get a clip like that. You know, it's not that, you know, the, the, the moon's coming past the sun like and it's way up, half over the way. It comes perfectly past it. And you think, that's uh, just perfect precision. It's just amazing. But you know what it's doing? The universe is shouting out there's a God. Amen. It's shouting out. And I'll tell you, this is a message that never shuts up. 
this is a message that never stops. That's why it goes on there to say there's no, or say, first who day and night uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. There's people can say, do you know what, how, how's everybody around the world going to hear there's a God? Let me tell you, there's a God speaking 24-7, constantly speaking. All you have to do is get quiet. You look up, you see there's a God. All you have to do is look down and you'll see there's a God as well. Just look about you. You see everything that God made. It's, you know, evolution tries to talk us out if there's a God, but this universe and God's creation is screaming at us constantly saying, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Look, I'm in that. I'm in that. Do you know why? Because everything is made with design. And everything is made, another way of looking at it is everything is made and has glory in it. Now, there's some things that express more of God's glory than others. That's why over here, let me look over here for a second. 1 Corinthians 15. I was talking here about resurrection. And really what it gets down to is to show this, that, that in resurrection, we're all different. Because we all have different rewards. But you don't know what someone is until they're planted. That's death. And then resurrection. And you'll see everybody's going to be different in resurrection. Yeah, we'll all go to heaven. But there's people who are going to have different rewards in heaven. And this is what it's talking about here. But it explains it through um, creation and God's creation. And, but it uses the term glory here. And it's letting us know that God's glory is what he does. His design, his ability, his workmanship. That's his glory. And it's shown that there's different levels of glory in creation. In other words, there's some, thing, some things that express God's ability more than others. You know, like there's like um, Michelangelo, just as saying with, with painting, there's some things that he did as in, uh, you know, art piece, pieces that didn't take long. And then there was other things that took years to paint and, and do. And some ex- exhibit his ability more than others. But it all, it's all his work. Now you can see one of his pieces of work and you can say, oh boy, that, you know, that's his work and it's great. But then you come over and then you see another piece and you say, no, that, that's a painting, but boys, that's really a painting. <laughs> you understand? That, that shows his ability there, but this really shows his ability. Well, you can see that in creation. There's some things that show God's ability, and then there's other things that really demonstrate how great and powerful and awesome our God is. Amen? Look what it says here in verse 39. I can read it here, actually. It says, All flesh is not the same. It says there is one kind of flesh for men, another flesh for beasts, another flesh for fish, and another for birds. That's an old verse that just puts a stop to evolution. There's no crossing over the species. You can evolve within your species, but you can't evolve outside of it. Amen. You can, your dogs are still dogs, but they can evolve. You can get different breeds. But there's still a dog, because every seed produces after its own kind. That's just basically what it's saying here. But look, look at in verse um, four, um, 1 Corinthians 15, 40. It says, there are also celestial bodies and bodies terrestrial. Celestial are the heavenly bodies, what's up in the universe. Terrestrial are what's on the earth. On the, as, as um, Del Boy said, the terracotta, <laughs> the terra firma, okay? Um, <laughs> it says here, but the, the glory of the celestial is one. Look at that. And the glory of the terrestrial is what? Another. It's shown that there's different expressions here of God's glory, different expressions of his creativity. Verse 41, it says there is, there is the glory of the sun. There is another glory of the moon. 
And it says here, there, and another glory of the stars. For one star differeth from another star in glory. And again, what it's talking about here really is resurrection. And it's showing that there's going to, many you know there's loads of stars. And you know what, there's, there's a lot of Christians who are just going to go to heaven and not really do much for the Lord in their life. And you know what, and they, they'll, they'll shine like the stars, but even the stars, you know, differ in glory. But then there's some people who are going to be shining like the moon, and then there's other people who are going to shine like the sun, really going to stand out. And it's worth, worth living your life by faith and serving God. Amen. Um, verse 42, again, what it's saying here, so also is the resurrection. It is sown in corruption, raised in, in corruption, sown in dishonor, raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, raised in power. It is sown in natural body. It is raised a, a spiritual body. But what I'm just saying here is everything expresses God's creativity. But you know, the highest creation that God ever made is actually you sitting in the chair tonight. Amen. You're the highest of God's creation. You know, we can look at we can look at the moon and go, wow. We can look at the sun and go, wow. We can we can look away out with a Hubble telescope now into space and we can see some amazing, you know, superstars and stuff and super planets that are out there in space. And it's it really does it blows your mind to see how vast the universe is. But I'm telling you, none of them compare to you sitting in the seat tonight. Amen. You're you're God's highest. Amen. That's, that's what it comes down to. That's why, you know, it's. That's what it comes down to. You, you're God's prize. Amen. You're God's prize. You know, I, I'd actually put these in. I can see us here coming up. I mean, here's an old way of just sharing this here. Do you know, when you see God's signature, I'd, I'd looked these up the other day. He's, I, I love BMWs, but you know what? That's the first BMW, one of the first ones that was made in 1930 there. Uh, look at that yoke there. But you know, you look at all of these here. Look, it has the BMW badge, okay? And you look, here's another one. There's a one 1957. That's some, that's some car there. Absolutely brilliant. It has the BMW badge, but you know what? It doesn't have much really, like, like of the technology that we would have today in it. But it's as if you had one of them, it'd be absolutely brilliant, wouldn't it? One of them cars, they're absolutely gorgeous. But, but you know, um, as time goes on, you see BMW has more and more ingenuity into it, and more and more, you know, there's more and more design. Everything's put into it. But every single one of these cars carry a BMW badge. You know, and here's, here's the latest ones that are out at the minute. You know, there's the BMW 1 Series. Look, and you're 30,000 30, euro for that one. There's the uh, 5 Series. You know, it's 45,000 euros. But you know what? Then you go up to the highest kind of specs in BMW and, you know, uh, BMW i8. And, you know, but every single one of these here carry BMW's badge. Every single one. And every one of them are a BMW. But you know what? This one here expresses more creativity than as you go down the, the line to the first one. Yet every single one of them are a BMW. Now let me tell you, you look in the universe and you can see God's signature throughout the universe. You can see God's signature in a blade of grass. You can see God's signature in a flower and a, a bee. You can see God's signature, you know, looking at the stars and all around. But you know what? If you really want to see the BMW i8 of God's creation, you have a look in the mirror. It's you. Amen. Amen. You're God's highest creation. 
That's why we should never run ourselves down. And I know sometimes as human beings we can. And you know what? We live in a, we live in a fallen world. And, and you know, we're born again, but we're still living in this physical body. But I'm telling you, if you could see yourself on the inside, you would realize that you're something special. If you could see yourself in God, you'd realize that you are his create. You're his workmanship, the Bible says, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. You know, you know, we don't need to run ourselves down. We need to actually start looking at ourselves and saying, you know what? I'm an Audi. Uh, sorry, I'm a, a BMW i8. Amen. Instead of, instead of thinking you're a heap of scrap, I don't want to call. I called out a, a car one night and um, somebody got offended years ago. <laughs> I called out their car and I was talking like a, like a piece of scrap. Um, but you know, and they were like, they were, that's my car. I won't call out a car. But you know what? The lesser model of a car, okay? <laughs> one, of Dad's, one of Dad's old cars there that he has, he still has. It's, a, it's actually a. a, a it, it's, it's, it stores stuff now. <laughs> but um, do you know what? But it's a lesser type of a car. We don't need to see ourselves as that. We need to see ourselves as Porsche and Ferrari and Bentley. And when we see ourselves in Christ, we need to see ourselves as high-spec. Not in a prideful way, but because of what Jesus has done on us. All the glory goes to him. Amen. Let me say this as well. Do you know when we talk about giving God glory? Do you know what we're doing? We're acknowledging what he's done. We're acknowledging who he is. First of all, we're acknowledging who he is. There's none like you. You give God glory. It's not that you offer him. You're, you're, you're recognizing it. It's like you look at a picture and you say, do you know what? That's, that picture's Michelangelo's. You're not glorifying the picture. You're glorifying the one who painted it. And when we see God's creativity, when we say, wow, well, actually we're saying wow to him. We're actually saying, God, you're amazing. Amen. That's why when people got healed, what did they do? The Bible says they glorified God. You know, that just puts an end to it for me. Sickness is not from God. Nobody glorified God for sickness. Amen. You're weird if you glorify God for sickness. There's something odd and strange. Religion's really got a hold of you if you start glorifying God for sickness. Amen. God doesn't bring sickness and disease. God's the healer. And when people got healed, people glorified and magnified God. What were they saying? Well, only God could have done that. And they went away glorifying God. Do you know what it is? You're bringing glory to him because you recognize his work. You recognize nobody else done that. That's him. And when you, when, you, when you start praising God, what you're saying is, God, that was you. That was you. God, you're great. Let me tell you, when you start running down yourself, you're actually saying, God, what a mess you made. Instead of looking and saying, God, you know, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. It takes faith sometimes to do that. But I'm going to look in the mirror. I'm going to say, God, I'm fearfully and I'm wonderfully made. I'll tell you, you're priceless. You're priceless. You really are. You look at kids and they're priceless. It's amazing how people can just not put value in life in our generation and just, just, just abort kids like that. One after another. Thousands were, were aborted today. You just think no value in life. No value in God's creation. No value in how valuable that wee child was in the womb. But I'm telling you, that child was fearfully and wonderfully made. And God was adding, taking notes as that wee child was being formed. And you know, it's amazing. Today, they'll pass laws and stuff where people can just come in and just remove, remove that child like that. Amen. It's sad. It really is. But what I'm saying is, every child is God's creation. You're God's creation. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. Look, look over here in Psalms 8 for a moment. It says, when I consider the heavens, when I consider the heavens, the work of 
thy hands, uh, uh, the, sorry, consider the heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained. Look at this. What is man that thou art mindful of him? Amen? What is man that thou art mindful of him? Do you know, we're saying here, when I look up and I see everything that God's made, I go, wow. But God, what is man that you focus on man? What is man that he's, he's the one you think about morning, noon, and night? You're, you're on God's mind morning, noon, and night, 24-7. God thinks about you. You know, for the lack of a better word, is God's obsessed with you. Do you know, God thinks about you constantly. He said, you're on his mind all the time. And this is baffling. Some people think this was an angel that said this because of the way it's worded over in Hebrews. It could be. Possibly it is. But what it's saying here is, you know, what is man that you're mindful of? Wow, why, do you, why are you so in love with man? But it says here in verse 5, Thou made him a little lower than the angels. Thou crowned him with glory and honor. Amen? Thou crowned him with glory and what? Honor. Crowned him. Crowned him with glory and honor. Let me put it this way. You are God's crown and glory. Man is God's crown and glory. Amen? Now, the glory of man was to rule and reign. That's man's glory. Man's glory was he was meant to rule and reign. Man's glory was he's meant to rule and reign in life. That's what sets man apart. That's how God made man. God made man to rule and reign. Let me put it this way. We've all heard this several, several times, I'm sure. But, you know, the glory of a fish is that it what? It swims. That's the glory of a fish. Do you know why? Because it can swim. The glory of a bird is that it can fly. That's its glory. What's the glory of man? To rule and reign in life. That's how God made man. God made man to rule and reign in life. We were never designed to be ruled over. We were never designed to to be ruled upon. We're designed to rule and reign in life. Amen? You know, you you put a fish in a bowl, and you know what? It can't glory. Can't glory the same. You put a bird in a cage, and it can't glory. But here's the reality. You put man under sin, and man can't glory the way God designed him to glory. Amen. That's why when Adam when Adam sinned, it was it was a mess. Because man's not doing now what he's designed to do. When a man was put under sin, it's like putting a bird in a cage. And man cannot function in the way that he's meant to function anymore. Look, look at this here. Look over in. Let me just uh, hear all of sin and come short of the what? The glory of God. That's what it, when, you, when man comes under sin, he can't glory the way that he's meant to glory. Um, let me look at this here verse here before we go over to Hebrews for a second. But look what it says. To whom God would make known what is the riches of his glory, what is the mystery among the Gentiles, which is what? Christ in you, the hope of glory. Let me tell you, only through Jesus can you get back to the way you were meant to be. Only through Jesus can you get back to ruling and reigning in life. You know, it's, man without Jesus is a mess. Yeah. 
<clears throat> and you, you, you look at people can say, well, I know such and such, and they seem to be doing well. I'm telling you, if you don't have Jesus in your life, you're not doing well. It doesn't matter what it looks like in appearance. Some people judge everything based on what a car people drive or the house that they live in and all of those kind of things. Let me tell you, the greatest things you have in life, money can't buy. The peace that you have, the love that you have, the hope that you have, the joy that you have, going to bed at night and be able to sleep all night. You know, just having the peace of God in your heart. There's people will will there's people can sit in you know in Barbados and still have no peace in their heart. You know why? It might look beautiful on the outside, but if you don't have the Prince of Peace on the inside, it doesn't make a difference. Sometimes we can get jealous of what other people have. Let me tell you, without Jesus, you can't rule and reign the way you're meant to. There's people that are ruled and reigned over by dust, powder. There's people who look like they have it all together and they're snorting, they're snorting powder to get a high. They're not ruling and reigning. Powder's ruling and reigning over them. Amen? There's people leaves ruling and reigning over them. Addictions, all of these kind of things. You you just can't put it down to one thing like money and say, Oh, they're doing what well. they're they're really prosperous because they have money. There's some people that are so poor that's all they have is money. Amen. God wants us to prosper. But I tell you, God wants us to prosper and enjoy it. He wants us to prosper and not prosperity to ruin and destroy our lives. Prosperity destroys the fool. Amen. Only God can give you wisdom to know what to do with it. So there's people who get money and they get prideful. There's people who get position and they try to rule over people. That's not ruling and reigning. That's out of whack. Amen. I've been saying this all week, messing about, but that's why my wife's laughing. But do you know? But do you know that's the reality of it. <laughs> that's, that's funny. Amen. Um, but you know that's the reality of it. You know, people people can get a, a, a job and become prideful. Can get a new car and become prideful. That's not ruling and reigning in life. We were never designed to rule and reign over people. We were designed to rule and reign over life. Rule and reign over every circumstance. Rule and reign over everything that can come against us. We're not designed to rule over each other. Amen. We're to serve one another. Love one another. Amen. Praise God. That's good. Amen. But what I'm saying is it's only through Jesus that you can have hope of glory. Jesus is, is here's, here's, here's what Jesus, Jesus came, to, he walked in our shoes, as we looked at the last couple of weeks, he died our death, and I tell you, he died for us, and he, he, he brought us back to a position where we can rule and reign again in life. We're God's highest glory, and that is to rule and reign in life, amen? That's how, we, that's how we're meant to live, we're meant to live through ruling and reigning. We're meant to rule and reign in life. Amen? Now, none of us are there. We live in a fallen world. That's why I look at over the next couple of weeks, we go from glory to glory. Don't ever get condemned and think, you know what, I'm not ruling and reigning in life. You know, you just, you just go from glory to glory. You just keep walking with Jesus. And you'll watch things start to change in your life. You'll watch it start to rule over things. Things that used to rule over you, you'll start to see you rule over them. Habits, addictions, thoughts. Um, you know, just, just every, you can rule over, you can begin to rule over any area in your life by just walking with him. But I want you to know we don't have it all together now, but we're, we're pressing towards 
Someday we will. Someday, I'm telling you, see, our resurrection body is going to be raised in glory. We're going to be back fully to the way God designed us to be. Actually, greater. Amen. Greater. We'll be in a resurrected body. But until that day, we're born again. We're in a body that has weaknesses. We're in a body that faces things. But I tell you, when you walk with him, you're going from glory to glory. Amen. Things that rule over you today won't rule over you tomorrow as you walk with him. And, and, and really, it's simple. It's a simple gospel. It's we don't do it in our strength, we do it in his. We don't go from glory to glory by striving. We go from glory by glory by beholding Jesus. That's all we're told to do, behold him. You just look to him. You just keep seeing him in the word. And I'll tell you, he'll begin to change you and change you. Just keep exposing yourself to the word of God and you will begin to change. It's not a hard thing. It's just exposure. You expose yourself to him, you're going to become more and more like him. And sometimes you don't even realize it. It's like going to, on a sun holiday. You don't realize you're getting a suntan until you come back because everybody else there is exposed to the sun. And when you come back and you step off the plane and you come back to our lovely weather and stuff and you walk in, people, People say, where have you been? Where have you been? Because they know you weren't around here. (laughs) Amen. But I'm telling you, when you look at Jesus and you look at him, you start to change just by beholding him. Just as you behold him, you begin to change. And you, you, you may not see your change. Or when you hang around with Christians and stuff, you're doing the same thing. You mightn't see it. That's why we need to get out there and start influencing people. And when you get around other people, people say, where have you came from? Well, we came from getting a different kind of suntan. We've been beholding him. And we change from glory to glory. Let me, let me just um, call this scripture out here just before we close this evening. Um, but it's just talking here again about, you know, man, um, you know, how he was made. And um, it, it goes on here to show that Jesus came and took our place. But um, again here, let me just for time, look in verse 7. It says, I made him a little lower than the angel, crowned him with glory and honor. And that's a whole lesson in itself. I'm not going to get into that tonight. But lower than the angels and stuff. But... Um, that it says crowned with glory and honor thou didst set him over the works of thy hands thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet for in that thou put in subjection under him he left nothing that is not put under him in other words God put everything under man the earth has he given the heavens of the heavens they belong to God but the earth has he given to who? the sons of man and God put everything under our feet, okay? But I want you to see this last part. Look what it says. But now we see not yet all things put under him. You know what it's saying? Your position is to rule and reign. Sometimes you don't fully see that. Amen? Your position is to rule and reign. But you don't always see it. But then the next verse says, but we do see Jesus. And we'll look at him. He's the one we're to focus on and look at. If you keep looking at him, you're going to go from glory to glory. Amen? Um. And again, this is what Jesus did. Again, keep reading, but we see Jesus who was made a little lower in the angels for, for suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he by the grace of God should taste, taste death for every man. For it became him from whom are all things and by whom are all things and bringing many sons unto glory. But it's just basically saying here, Jesus came to bring us back to our rightful place. Man sinned, fell apart. But we're designed to rule and reign. We're, that's how we glory. But Jesus came to bring many sons back to the position that we're meant to be, ruling and reigning in life. And I'm going to look at this here over the next couple of weeks, that you can only glory 
by positioning yourself under grace. You can't glory by gritting your teeth. Some people think glory in is, oh, I'm going to rule and reign. No, position yourself under grace. You can only glory in, by positioning yourself the way God wants you. And I just want to leave this verse here, and I'm going to close this evening. But look what it says here. For by one man's offense, death reigned by one. Much more they which receive, look at this, abundance of grace. And the gift of righteousness shall what? Reign in life by one Christ Jesus. You can't do it apart from Jesus. You want a glory in life, you can't do it apart from Jesus. That's why I'm saying there's, you can see other, we can all look out there and we can see people who seem to be doing better than all of us. But you, you don't know, and they don't know God. But you don't know every aspect of their life. You don't go home with them. You don't know what it's like when they close the door at night. There's a lot of people put on a face for the world, but they're falling apart behind that face. There's a lot of people live in fear and live in worry and live in addiction and have a stack of money in the bank. And we can look at them and think, oh, they're ruling in life. Not necessarily. Without Jesus, money, money can, can destroy you. But with Jesus, you can rule and reign in life and know what everything's for in your life. And I tell you, walking with Jesus, you see the areas that are ruling over you at this present moment in time? Just keep walking with Him. And just keep receiving abundance of grace every day. Learn to be a good receiver. And know who you are in Christ. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Know who you are. Get up and declare I'm the righteous. Don't, don't, don't get up and look in the mirror and say, oh, look at me, I'm just useless. And you run yourself down for 10 minutes before you go out. No, look in the mirror and say, I'm a child of God. I'm a child of the King. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The more you see yourself righteous in Christ, the more you will rule and reign in life. Amen. The more you receive abundance of grace every day in your life and receive His goodness and His favor and His supply into your life, you'll start to rule and reign in life. Be a good receiver of what Jesus has to give you. And that's how you rule and reign. You start to look onto Jesus. But you can only rule and reign positioning yourself under grace. There's no other way to do it. You can't do it under law. The law will condemn you. It'll keep you down at that sin level. That's why you have to come up higher and start to see yourself the way God designed you. And when you see yourself righteous, I'm telling you, sin will not have the same dominion over you anymore. Awake to righteousness and sin not. You'll, that's not just sin. That's the facts. That's everything to do with sin. You wake up to righteousness and your life will change.